Welcome to Indie Comics. I'm your host, Maddie, and we have a very cool guest today, Aaron Sullivan, fondly known as Sully, which I just like saying. Um, <laughs> have you uh, have you rescued anyone lately? Have you done any daring feats? Um, welcome, Sully, uh, to oh, the show. Oh, I was show. thinking of Monster Inc. first. That was, that's where my mind went. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so... true, too. <laughs> Normally, that is the joke I make. Whichever someone asks me, I either say I'm the guy who flew the plane or I'm the guy from Monsters, Inc. I just pick the opposite one. But now you've boxed me into a corner. I don't know yeah, what, who to pick. You're you. The, even better than either. Yeah. <laughs> I am me. Oh, and uh, I, of course, as you've already heard, have uh, my amazing co-host, Tyler. Howdy, howdy. He's here. <laughs> he's back. He's your favorite. Uh, <laughs> Sully, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, so I'm an engineer. I live in Mississippi. I was born and raised here all my life. Uh, I got into comics writing probably four or five years ago, just as a kind of slow burn hobby thing. I've just been learning and I've, I've kickstarted a couple things before uh, two issues of my comic Odie with um, Ellie and uh, Mika and it, it's been fun. I, it just took a little bit of a hiatus for a year or so before coming back with this project and kind of focused on getting better at writing and being more dedicated to it as opposed to just throwing stuff at the page. And I don't think it's I think it's helped. But, yeah, I live in Mississippi. Uh, I'm engaged to my fiance, Kelsey. Uh, just got a project car. It's a pretty boring life. Uh, that sounds amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh <laughs> What what got you into comics in the beginning? What what started the spark for you? So the very in the very beginning, I didn't even like American comic books. I hated the way they were colored. It was oh, you know wow. the '90s and everything was super <laughs> rendered, and I was just not about it. Um, but I started picking up uh, manga, so I've still got like the full set of Rurouni Kenshin from that oh, I bought at Suncoast that. when I was a teenager. Respect. Uh, and wow. uh, I kind of transitioned from there. Drop like man, we're no. Oh my god, sorry. This is like so much right there. That was just like, oh my god, you, you taking me back. <laughs> yeah, the nostalgia is strong. Actually, guess the first American comic that I read and really liked was I read a preview of X Men First Class from uh, yes. one of those compiled preview magazines that I stole from a church. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wow, this art's actually really good. I could get into this. It's like a full confession right there. <laughs> what um what what kind of made you want to create your own then though? Like what what took you from kind of enjoying it and getting more and more into it to being like, I wanna make So I again when I was younger I read manga and I used to draw a lot too. I was really into art. I still do sometimes for fun, but I'm not, you know, great at it. So when I was younger, there was all kinds of comics that I had planned in my head. I'm going to draw and write these. And I got a little older. and I was like, man, my art is just not what I want to see in this. And I really don't want to, you know, keep pursuing this. And I started just writing. I started writing prose. And it wasn't until I was probably 16 or 17 that I learned, oh, wait, I can just write comic books. I don't have to <laughs> also draw the comic book. That does seem like a, a barrier if you're not an artist. <laughs> I can't draw at all, so that would be a big problem. <laughs> so what was Odie your first book then? The first book, yes. I had a webcomic before that. And, you know, lots of little bits and pieces things, little four-page anthology style stuff. But I had tried to do a webcomic before that called Animal that was 
just absolutely awful. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I just threw it all together and got done with it and showed it to someone that was like an editor in a group that I was talking to. And he was like, yeah, you, you know, these are pictures that go in order, but was this story about anything? I was like, okay, wait, I need to reassess. Hold on. That's right. This is, there's tricks to this, you know, and you, you grew up with manga. I mean, what kind of, uh, maybe like, we don't get a lot of comic book creators on here who actually grew up or really went from manga to comic books. So a lot of people who, you know, who we interview love comic books and then they find manga uh, later on. Do you try to have a manga influence on everything that you write because it's just kind of like where you come from or what what is your way to tackle on a story? Yeah, I guess there is somewhat that manga influence. Normally the pacing. I feel like my pacing is a lot closer to the the faster sort of shonen manga style pace. Um I've also you know, I've got tons of Junji Ito stuff that I love reading <laughs> and I know that like page turns are super important to horror, but I I try to write no matter what genre it is with the level of thought that he puts into page turns on just like setting up and revealing the next thing and making you like almost panic in between the last panel and what you see on the next page. I, like I love <laughs> that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially like, yeah. Like I remember like way back when like reading and getting like jump magazines, uh, not only just for the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but just like, but like <laughs> I, I loved, I loved reading uh, just little bits like here and there it was it was kind of like you know they aged before binging so it was just kind of like our way of just keeping things slow and being like really excited for the next issue uh, oh yeah and I, I loved the format of jump too i've been mm-hmm. there's in all the comics discords i'm in like for years i've been saying like man i really wish someone would do that like someone would make a a jump style publication for american indie comics and then that's, doug that's wood what, did like yeah. he and him and a whole group of people i'm so excited for him Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know about that. That's amazing. I mean, I guess like, I mean, maybe like seeing anthologies are kind of like it, but like, but they're not, you know, they, they don't keep going. They're, a lot of them don't continue on. So I guess like right with right now, especially with webtoons, you kind of see that there is a, a lot of advantages of going from or maybe returning back to a webcomic. For me, um, I'm really in a, a spot where I feel like I do my best storytelling in probably four or five issues like arcs that short i've tried to do different web comics before and i always get burned out before i ever execute the idea because (laughs) i just really like fast-paced you know non-stop reveals and crazy stuff happening and i I honestly think i'm more influenced by some of the anime i watch than the manga i've read on things like uh fully coolie or uh Die Buster, things like that that are only a few episodes long and they cover yeah. so much ground. <laughs> yeah, like you look at the Fully Cooley, uh, you know, or uh, what used to be the complete collection, and then like the six episode, or was it four or six episodes of the anime? But yeah, like I know what you, I know what you mean. But like, yeah, I I could definitely see an advantage of just kind of just finishing something and be like, okay, that was fun. Now on to the next thing. Yeah, and you you get to get to the fun parts without ever having to worry about, oh, I need to fill some space in here, you know, slow build. <laughs> like, no, let's just go straight to the next cool thing that happens. Yeah. What is what, what what's Luffy and the gang going to do in this one episode? Just like <laughs> another paycheck. Uh. <laughs> and, and we've definitely seen kind of a move toward more limited runs lately. Um, and I think that's a really interesting thing right now because we're in this world of, binge watching and 900 seasons of this and and 80 seasons of that and 
And I think it's really unique that especially in the comics world, we are seeing a lot more like here's a six issue, eight issue run and there's a beginning, middle and end. And uh, I think that's really special. What what intrigues you about that? Like, is this it for Nell or is there a future for it beyond this? Uh, my intention is for it to just be four issues. I, I don't really have any plans for it beyond that, but I oh. also didn't have plans to make anything more than one issue of Odie when I started writing it. Mm-hmm. And now I've got plans for, I think, 20 issues, I think is oh, wow. what I had planned out. I've, I've got the spreadsheet somewhere, which obviously we're a long ways away from. But Well, how did Nil come to be? Tell us about your idea for it and, and how it how it became issue number one, which is on Kickstarter right now. Check it out. Okay, so the premise of Nil is that it's, you know, this kid, he's from this lost civilization that people make contact with where they're still surviving extant species. And, you know, there's a more tribal and magical society and stuff going on. Uh, He makes contact with these scientists and then his, his people are massacred by their leader for, you know, like betraying their own people and making contact with these outsiders. And now he's forced to make a new life for himself in Western society with his, like dinosaur companion that he has an essentially empathic connection with that he befriended back on the island. It's not obvious, and the only reason I'm confident in saying this is because I'm pretty sure Marvel's lawyers aren't listening to this podcast, but this started out <laughs> as a Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur fan fiction story I wrote forever ago. That's amazing. I, I was wondering about the similarities as I read kind of about Nil, um, but that's super cool. Why that? What intrigued you about that? Uh, entirely surface level aesthetics. I have never once in my life read a comic that was a Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur comic. I, I think I read a Spider-Man story that had them in it. Um, I think they've probably shown up in something else I've read, but I just thought it was a really neat setup. And I wrote it as like a, hey, practice writing, write a fan comic, get used to scripting and stuff. And I got done with it and I was like, okay, but this is nothing like what those characters are actually like. So it's not really a Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur comic. It It's something entirely different. I could use their faces on it, or I could, you know, create original characters and still use the story. What makes your characters unique then? You know, what, what takes them to another place that's, you know, out of the fan fiction world and, and into something completely unique? <laughs> so, well... That's hard to comment on, because like I said, I've never actually read a Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur comic. <laughs> so I don't know what their personalities are, are super like. Um, I put a lot of personal experience with kind of like feeling out of place and feeling trapped in a situation and that kind of like depression that comes with that and the anxiety that comes with it into Nils' character himself. He's He's a lot angrier than I am, but... I wanted to kind of put a character into that corner that I had felt like I was in before. So he's kind of from this unknown kind of mysterious society. What inspired that idea? I mean, is it from kind of first peoples um, or, you know, what, what did you use as inspiration for, for his culture? Uh, Yes. So I'm very good friends with a person from Norway. Her name is Laura. I've been internet friends with her forever. So the inspiration for Nils people are based pretty much on the uh, Sami people from Norway. I have a friend from Norway, very close friend, internet friend for a long time named Laura, who is part of 
those peoples. And she helped me a lot with it. All of the names or names she came up with. Um, also, Tad Galusha is from Alaska. He has a lot of experience with the first peoples from there. Um, so it kind of pulled from a lot of places, but we did try, I was trying to pull from concepts and ideas of very cold areas, you know, early civilization or early peoples that started out in areas where it was very harsh and the winters were extreme. And like, so how did they get around and what did they do for food and what did the wildlife look like there? Things like that. Aesthetically. I mean, this is just incredible. (laughs) Um, I love that you kind of started there and then built uh, more and more story around it. But I mean, it really does. I mean, just the colors, the art. Uh, Do you want to talk about your team a little bit? How did you pull everybody together and, and make this awesome comic? Sure. So Tad Galusha, I had seen, I think the first thing I saw him do was a short in one of the Godzilla comics. I think it was, they were doing like a different story every issue or something, and he illustrated one of those. And I I just loved it and followed his stuff since then. Um, so I reached out to him because to me, it's always, like, everyone can draw a person pretty much. So if I've got like a comic with like Odie that has dogs in it. I need someone I know can draw dogs, not people. And I knew Tad could draw dinosaurs. So I reached out to him and kind of pitched it. And we talked about things like that. And I asked if he had a preferred colorist and he actually requested, uh, Mikhail from the, is the colorist from Odie. Um, he's a co-creator on Odie. He asked if we could work with them. So, Brought him in, um, DC Hopkins, the letterer, honestly, I just put out a call, but he's been super awesome. I've really enjoyed working with him. He's a great guy and he's obviously fantastic at what he does. He letters for like literally every comic publishing company I can think of. Mikhail's colors are just gorgeous and on Odie too. Um, I mean, the, the colors say so much about the environment, um, and about the mood and the tone and, um, you have a really great team. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're amazing. I'm so lucky to get to work with these people. Do you feel like kind of the modern world and the internet and being able to collaborate over space um, has really kind of revolutionized comics? I mean, I feel like it has. I, I wasn't a part of it before that, so I, <laughs> I can't say for sure. But yeah, it just seems so much easier to make connections. And like, like I said, I mean, Tad's in Alaska, Mikhail's in uh, a Nordic country <laughs> that I can't remember off the top of my head. Ow. <laughs> I think Finland. I think it's Finland. But anyways, it's, so we're all over the world, but we can stay in touch and we're constantly sending each other stuff back and forth. Like, oh, hey, did you see the campaign was featured here or that we hit this milestone? Or it, It's just great to be able to make the world so much smaller. Yeah, that's wonderful. I do. I feel like like social media has its pluses and minuses. And I know that the internet can be a scary and quite awful place sometimes. But it also is such a space for creativity and for storytelling and for people to come together and share talents. And um, I think Nil is a great example of that. Um, How'd you come up with the title? Why is that his name? So his name is Nil. His real name, the name he was born with back in his society was Oavon. Mm. And he was renamed, not really renamed Nil. The, the name that the scientist gave him when they started interacting with him was Nil because he was, you know, essentially person zero. He was the pers- first person they met. And, 
know, when the rest of his society was gone, he just kind of kept that name as he came to Western civilization. But it's also, it, so it's kind of like a double entendre type thing. They named yeah. him that because he was person zero. I wanted to kind of keep with that theme because it, for the theme of like the depression and the struggle and like feeling like you're at rock bottom and there's nothing left. That is intense. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a happy I've... comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it, what do you what do you want to say with it? What do you hope that people come away from this story with? So the I think I guess the thing I want to say with it is it's le- so it's kind of got the message of you know accepting yourself and who you are, but it's also accepting the bad parts. Like I mentioned earlier that Nil has a bit of a temper, like he's much angrier than I am, I think I said. But the point is that you can't just bury that and pretend it's not real you have to accept that that's a part of you in order to come to terms with it and in order to to like grow and get beyond that yeah you know with with creating uh any comics and stuff it's really weird because it's grown so much and especially right now kickstarter is full of all these comic book um kick you know um uh, projects that are going on right now do you kind of feel like this is this might be right now the golden age for indie comics because right now the big two are kind of they're 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 getting hit hard and indie comics seems to be doing pretty well there's a bunch of publishers that are rising up to the occasion and creators are now find, finding time and motivation and a lot of creative space to be able to make their projects come into fruition and be on kickstarter and get uh, essentially uh, money uh, to back their dreams and back their, their, uh, their projects they've been wanting to make. How do you feel kind of about that? Oh yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And it's not just, I mean, you said it all beautifully, so I don't have to say that much more about Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> it's not just crowdfunding though. It seems like the, you know, the outside of the big two, other publishers are just doing so much better and so much more variety of stories are getting out like dark horse and image. And they're just putting out such good stuff. And there there's more options. Now you go to the average comic store and it's not just, you know, here's the newest Spider-Man and here's 400 back issues of Spider-Man. There's (laughs) all kinds of, you know, cool and unique and different worlds that are on the racks now. Yeah. What do you think is like the most exciting thing about that? Well, I think just, for one thing, it lets people know that comics are a medium and not a genre. You know, not everything that uses pictures to tell stories is about superheroes, and it's not all, you know, Batman fighting crime. You know, there's You can tell any story you want to in the format of a comic book. It's just like writing. It's just like movies. You know, I think it's helping reach a wider audience, which will help the industry overall. It even if the big two aren't doing their best right now, like it, it's still good for comics as a whole. Yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, are you kind of comfortable with that maybe with like seeing the fact that all these publishers are rising? Do you, is this getting, giving you a little bit more motivation on your creative process and possibly maybe joining a publisher or are you kind of happy where you're at? There's a lot of creators who are really happy with just kickstarting their dreams and not having to work with, you know, an editor they don't <laughs> agree with. <laughs> No, so I would love to to write for a uh, you know a comic that was an ongoing property at a publisher or something. I, there are things that I wouldn't want to necessarily pitch to a publisher. Like I don't think I would ever try to get 
Odie published through someone else unless it was done and I was just trying to get the collected volumes printed through yeah. them or something. Um, Nil, I did shop around. I tried to see if anyone wanted to pick it up, but I'm not really great at that. It was my first time trying to, you know, pitch to publishers. So I feel like there's pretty steep learning curve there and more connections got to be made. But in general, yeah, I'm totally open to the idea of working on even properties that aren't mine. I just, you know, it's something down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and like, especially with that, it comes with like more and more and more practice. And since this year, that hasn't really been uh, a thing outside of maybe some Discord, uh, you know, like vocally and stuff like that. Because body language and, and and hearing somebody is a lot easier and better than just text and stuff. But like when conventions come back around, I mean, you're in Mississippi where you, I mean, you can go to like the big Florida conventions. I mean, you're, you're kind of like in like the middle of like of kind of that area. Yeah, nothing's time. close, but nothing's really that far either. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, like New York Comic Con. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that, that, that's like a good a good place. And I couldn't imagine like flights being as expensive as they are like out here at LAX, where it's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> so expensive to get out of. I was just gonna say, you know, what do you think is special about comics as a medium? You know, one of the things that we like to talk about is just really what is special about comics. What is special about independent comics? And you know, we've kind of talked about ownership and creative storytelling but but why comics for you and not a different format so to me comics really straddle the difference between like animation or movies recording um and prose really well um i really like the ability of comics to control what the scope feels like you know if you have a if you have a TV show and it keeps zooming in on a character's mouth and that's like the whole screen, that that's a weird shot. Like that's going to make you start to feel uncomfortable. You can do that in comics all day. It makes it feel like they're telling a secret. There's cool <laughs> by making panels different sizes and like you turn the page and Oh crap. Suddenly this is a two page spread. Like you can manipulate the reader's feeling of magnitude for each little thing that's happening. And you don't get to do that in any other medium. And I really enjoy that. That's a great point, And I think, yeah, it's just such a special way to experience something. Um, and the ability to kind of, you know, like rewinding something is possible, but to really take it in, I guess. I think for me, you know, I'm not an artist at all, <laughs> but I have such an appreciation for the way that art can enhance storytelling. Um, and that's true of cinematography and all these other things, but to really open a splash page and just stare at it um and and understand what that means for that point in the story is really spectacular and it's something that's so unique to comics um and i think it's a, a really great time for this kind of storytelling as tyler said uh it's only expanding and the creativity is only growing and it's uh it's a really cool time for indie comics <laughs> oh yeah i agree it, it, it's a great time and there's it being a physical medium lets you do some weird stuff as well like i remember when the new 52 stuff was coming out and I was reading uh, Batman court of owls and it was like, at some point he gets poisoned and he's getting delirious and you keep turning the page and they've reoriented the art on the page. So you have to keep turning the book as you're reading it. And it's like, yeah. this is such a neat effect. You couldn't do this with a movie. Yeah. No, it's very cool. And, uh, and very unique. And so is nil. Um, what, what can you tell us about your Kickstarter? Uh, we're, at about 25% right now. So we're, we're coasting along. You know, we had the big initial surge in the beginning and then it gets slow in the middle and then it usually picks back up at the end again is my general experience with this. But 
I'm just kind of anxiously refreshing the page every 10 minutes when I have access to a computer. <laughs> but uh, it, it's going good. We've got, like I said, this is the first of four planned issues. We've got uh, prints for rewards. Um, one of them is the the cover to the comic is actually a wraparound. So we have a mini print that's the full cover. We have another landscape style print that kind of shows uh, Nil or Ovan in like before everything went sideways and it back in his, you know, home Island area. Uh, we've got a pin. We've got, you know, some other stuff like that. I, I, I think I got a little too diverse with the rewards, but I just love making up stuff like that. So I just kept adding things in. So lots of cool rewards. Go and check it out. Um, what can we kind of expect in the future for you? I mean, obviously more Odie, a little more nil. Do you have other ideas? It, it looks like is small scale studios, your uh, publishing house that you've made. Yeah. It's just my kind of personal imprint or whatever it should be called uh, that I, I needed some kind of dressing on the comics I was releasing as a <laughs> as self publishing. And I thought the, you know, just put together something simple and neat. Um, so yeah, there's more Odie in the future, probably at the end of this year, I'm going to run a Kickstarter for the third and fourth issues of Odie together. And, um, I don't know if y'all probably don't know anything about it. Uh, so it's a story told from the point of view of this aging Corgi and each, each little arc and set of chapters is based on a classic literary story. So the first one parallels, uh, the Odyssey. The second one parallels, uh, Moby Dick. The third and fourth issues together will be paralleling the story of To Kill a Mockingbird. And each each chapter after, you know, is is just different books that I wanted to reference and kind of not not tell the same story, but just have fun little tidbits for people who like those stories to be like, oh, I see. That's a, you know, a play on this thing that happened. <laughs> it's like the modern day wishbone. Yes, so <laughs> hilariously, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I made what? this comic and then someone was like, oh, it's like Wishbone. And I, you know, looked this up on my computer and I'm just sweating my ass wait, off. It's like, oh wait. my gosh, someone thinks I stole this from Wishbone. Wait, how old are you? Stole it from Wishbone. <laughs> I am 30 this year, so I definitely I remember. Say, how, I feel like you're oh, our wow. age. How did you not watch Wishbone? So it was that one was of those like... things that once I looked it up, I... Like, I could remember seeing the commercials and stuff, but it was just never yeah. the show I watched. I was way more into oh Magic God. School Bus and Arthur and... Those were also solid, but Wishbone was, like, it. I loved Wishbone. He used to wear, like, little hats. Like, if he was doing Shakespeare, he'd have, like, a little Shakespearean hat. I loved it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing a... When I looked it up, I saw a picture of him in, like, the Robin Hood outfit. It was, yeah, it was pretty I don't adorable. Know I definitely would have loved it. Up. <laughs> but that's i mean it's it's a good concept though right great minds think alike and it was a different format quite a long time ago and um this is a great way to introduce those kinds of stories and in a totally different format um i will say from what i've seen of it um Odie is adorable um and the art is gorgeous colors gorgeous um what what kind of inspired that like what what was like oh you know what i'm gonna retell this but with a dog I mean, it's a great idea. Uh, so it was kind of inspired by I had I was trying to come up with a concept for an anthology entry. It was uh, mm. Iron Spikes, Timorous Beasties anthology, mm. where they wanted anthropomorphized animals telling stories and stuff and that kind of old school feel. And I w was trying to come up with ideas for it. And I watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And mm. I was like, I can do that, but with dogs. <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> Which we didn't get accepted. And I was like, man, but I really Aww. like this idea. And Ellie did really great art for it. So, you know, I had pitched like a 12 page comic or something. What if we flesh this out into a full issue and just go from there? I, I can, you know, try to pitch this on Kickstarter or see what happens. And it was very successful for the first successful Kickstarter I ever did. I was blown away. That's awesome. Um, and I feel like, I mean, it looks like it's all ages friendly, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a little bit of, you know, like, dogs fighting each other violence, but overall, Odie's, Odie's pretty clean. And a great way to then introduce kids to kind of literature and, and have a conversation around it that uh, may make it a lot more fun than, <laughs> like, <laughs> Moby Dick. <laughs> it's a rough read, if you guys have ever... Herman Melville is, is a great writer, but it's a yeah, lot. It gets pretty gets pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the, uh, I would, I would much rather read Odie. Um, that is awesome. Uh, are there any other like kind of ideas that you're thinking about for the future? Are you kind of just focusing on Odie and Nell right now? Yeah. So actually I've got two other comics that I've been working on kind of like on the back burner. Um, one is a three issue series that I do not have a real name for yet. I've been calling it monster planet just as a working title, but it's sort of a, uh, you know, aliens versus mechs but you know plot twist we need to protect them kind of thing uh the other is a four issue horror series based on and i know i am going to butcher the pronunciation of this because i know nothing about french but based on the beast of Gavaldon. so yeah i've been working on those and just you know kind of they're they're both at the stage where it's more you know high level conceptual yeah. make sure all the pieces fit together and then we'll start on scripting after that. Whereas, you know, Nil and Odie are ones that I'm constantly, I've, I've gotten past that point and I'm constantly plugging at the script on. So that way I've got stuff depending on what mood I'm in to, to focus on. That's awesome. Well, lots of exciting stuff to come. Where can we follow you online? Do you have uh, the social medias? I do have at least a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> I pretty much do all of my comic stuff on Twitter um, you can follow me on at Sully underscore rights and uh, both issues of Odie are on Comixology. But uh, other than that, I don't do much other social media. I'm in, you know, some discord groups for comic creators. But the, as far as, you know, public facing stuff, it's pretty much Twitter. Go tweet at him. Let him know how much you're excited about Nil um, and some of his upcoming series. That's exciting stuff. Um, is there anything you want to share with your readers? Just something that you want people to know about you, about your work? Open um, invitation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess just if you've ever read any of the comics I've made, you know, whether you liked it or not, let <laughs> me know. This this uh, this hobby kind of feels like shouting into the void sometimes. Like, yes, I know I made books and like 300 people backed that campaign, but I I guess they read it. Someone did, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially with cons not being a thing right now, um, that's got to be extra hard because I feel like that's kind of the opportunity if you are someone who's able to make it to a convention, you get to actually interact with people <laughs> and talk to them about your, your work and, and you know hear their responses and, and see them looking at it. And um, we don't have that right now. So I think, uh, again, internet, bring us all together. Share your thoughts. Share what you love. I guess constructive feedback. Sure. Yeah, to be, be but mostly gentle. share what you love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that was so love. That too, because uh, this was, you know, 
two, end of 2019, I was ordering, like, I was getting me a little cash box and some little stands to prop my comics Aww. up. Like, man, I'm going to do my first convention this year. That's my that's my number one goal. I'm going to table a con. And, you know, we all saw how yep. that went. R.I.P. Yeah. to your dreams. Uh, <laughs> and feel... Next year, it's just, you know, two years later. Gives me more time to practice. There you go. That's the right attitude. That's so weird to think about that, like, two years of our lives have just been. Yeah, that's going to be weird to look back on. Yeah, because, like, I mean, it's getting better. I think by next year we'll be not back to normal, obviously, but, like, in a much better place. But, uh, yeah, it's a journey. But I think there's a lot of really cool art coming out right now. A lot of awesome comics, a lot of wonderful stories. And um, it's a great opportunity for creative people to make the world a better place and tell really good stories that inspire people and engage people and give us really cool dinosaurs with bird wings because that's what they would really look like. That was a sticking point when we first started. started it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, we're going scientifically accurate. We're going to do the best we can, even though we're kind of making up a new species. We're, we're going to, you know, logically evolve this thing from where it was. And we're going to do this the best way we can scientifically, which Tad does a lot of paleo art anyway. So he was already on board with and had tons of great suggestions. Yeah, I love the look of what's the dinosaur's name again? I forgot. I'm sorry, dinosaur. Anti. Uh, A-N-T. Yeah, Anti looks amazing. And I love the like feathers and the I mean, it. It's very realistic, and I think it is awesome. Um, So if you love dinosaurs, if you love puppies, older puppies, all dogs are puppies to me forever. Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, there's a puppy in issue, too, too. So, you know, cover all the pieces. Old puppy, new puppy. A a brand new puppy, and so everything is puppies for me right now. A French bulldog. I have one that's six months, and I just got one that's three months. I do not have a problem. I can stop anytime. (laughs) (laughs) They're adorable, and I'm happier than ever. So, whatever. Uh, Puppies are the solution to all of your problems, people. And if you can't get your own puppy, you can read Odie. So That's true. This one will not shit or use the bathroom where it's not supposed to. (laughs) That's true. That is true. I've been cleaning up a lot. So, you know, you don't have to clean up after your comic dog. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much Sully for joining us uh, we really appreciate you and your stuff is awesome uh, I can't wait to check out Nell um, you amazing listeners can check out Nell right now go to Kickstarter look it up N-I-L super easy it's only three letters guys you don't have an excuse um, it, the Kickstarter is available until March 26th so right around the corner March 26th. Don't miss it. Back this project. Um, It's really cool. And I'm excited to see what happens through the four issues um, and the entire story that you're going to tell. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you listeners for tuning in. You can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com for articles, videos, and so much more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Please don't let us just scream into the void. Let us know that you're out there. Uh, Anything we'll do. Uh, Leave us some stars. Tell us which comic you're the most excited about. Um, Tell us how you're feeling right now in your quarantine experience, what you're reading. Uh, We want to hear from you. Uh, You can also stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch and Let's Play. The intro is provided by Carlisle Laurent, and you can buy Nil on Kickstarter right now uh, and find out more. You can at back small... it on Kickstarter right now. 
<laughs> well, yeah, buy it, back it. That's true. It's technically backing and not buying yet, but if you donate a lot of money, yeah, because, yeah, you can just well, straight up buy it. When you back it, you're technically, like, yeah, because he will hit his goal, and yeah. when you back it, you're not you're not buying it. You're producing te- technically, Ooh. which is even cooler like to say. Exactly. Yeah. You right. are Shark Tank. You are the people on Shark Tank, and you get to invest your money in the coolest comics ever. So go do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be an investor be a producer help make amazing comics like Sully's um, Nils on Kickstarter and you can find out more at his website smallscalestudios.com so come and join the gathering have a great week and GGG Grand Geek Gathering